you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Lawrence goes downfield, and the catch is made. Tua goes deep for Waddle, got him in stride. Touchdown, Alabama. Pat's interference. Jalen Hurts solidified himself. He will go down as probably one of my favorite players of all time. There are two kings of college football, but one of them's wearing the crown. Alabama's offensive coordinator position has become just like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. Don't you find it kind of shocking we haven't been taken off iTunes yet? Hey everyone, Christian Miller here, former Alabama linebacker number 47, and you're listening to Pat's Interference. Hola! How's everybody doing today? You're listening to Pat's Interference, and this is a very, very good day to do this podcast. It's a very good day to listen to this podcast for the main reason... The boys are back, both of us sitting in our studios, our grand studios in North Carolina and Alabama, college football podcast. I am Patrick Brickman, joined by uh, the newly married Patrick Norwood, two weeks strong with his lovely wife, Jade. How is the wedding? How is the marriage going? The wedding was wonderful. Uh, Again, thank you for being there. I I don't know how I would have gotten through everything without you by my side. uh, Party of the the century. For the past five years, I look, look, I, I am very self-deprecating. Okay, I, I will admit that, and everyone knows that about me. Okay, we threw a hell of a party. Yeah, you did. Really good party. Uh, like it, it was great. No, it was, it was a really nice event. Um, everyone had a good time. Some people got a little rowdy. That's okay. That's gonna happen <laughs> to good parties. That's yeah, okay. I heard about Some, that. Yeah, I think everybody heard about it, but it, you know, it's okay. It is what it is. Um, but it was no, it was great. It was great. We we loved having everybody there. It's nice to have that in the rear view now, and now we're just normal people hanging out on the couch. So it was good. Nice. It was it was good. It was it was good to see you get married, but it was just as good just spending time with What's you. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. It was great. Just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. Yeah. No, it was good stuff. So thank you for being there, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, like Brick said, this is a college football podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Jade Norwood's Sloppy Joes. Uh, let me oh. tell you a little story right quick. Let me tell you a little story right quick. So Jade made these sloppy joes about two nights ago. We were hanging out on the couch last night. I was out. I will uh, tell more of that story in a minute, but I was out. And so they, you know, there's some leftovers in the fridge on the way home. I'm like, Oh man, I get those, you know, that those leftover sloppy joes where it's just kind of just congealed, you know, and the sauce and the meat are just kind of together. Yeah. Right. And they've yeah. been stewing for a little bit in the fridge. Mm. So excited. Throw it in the microwave tell you all right i'm about ready to podcast put it on a bun and i'm an idiot we got a new microwave for our wedding right of course so i just chucked it in there for what i used to do it you know for the typical 45 seconds i used to do with our old microwave because that would get it about lukewarm yeah you see where this is going i see where it's going and i'm i mean my i am drooling i look like my dog i look like skylar when she's about to eat i i it is i am drooling i'm so excited i put it right up to my mouth oh no Oh, boy. Burned the tip of my tongue on the first bite. That's rough. You don't even get to enjoy the rest of it after that. I was was just so mad. Like, I'm 26 years old. I'm still burning my mouth on things. I mean, I burned my mouth on pizza rolls two to two three days ago like well you're you're only human yeah like everybody's gonna do this is this is this was my fault though like pizza rolls they tell you to cook them too hot and then it's just magma in there and you eat them anyway because you're a moron and everyone does that yeah this was my fault that's why i was mad because i was so excited about this meal and then i just ruined it i just ruined it 
two weeks. So like I said, this episode's the, the, the most Im- the most important thing here is two two weeks married, about give or take, and uh, you're already you're already getting the sloppy joes. She's already yeah. giving you the good stuff. Look, look, I've got a good wife. That's she went, for sure. She went right into wife mode. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, no, it was good. I mean, I did cook the first like week of our marriage, but yeah, she did great with the sloppy joes two nights ago. Uh, but no, I mean, it was, it was great. I'm, I'm just mad at myself. But anyway, today's episode brought to you by Jade Norwood's Sloppy Joes. Uh, you can find us on social media because transitions are hard. On Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook. That's P-A-T apostrophe S interference. Uh, you can find our website, patsinterference.com. Email us, patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, don't be afraid to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You, If you hate the podcast, that's fine. Tell us that in the comments and we'll do whatever you want us to do. Um you know what? How's this? Anyone who gives us a five-star rating in the next week on iTunes and emails patsinterference at gmail.com with a link to the college football sticker or button of your choice. Okay? Sticker or button of your choice that aren't like vintage throwbacks. I'm talking like a $10 prize here. I will personally buy it, sign a nice thank you note, and send it to you. Yes, he will. <laughs> I am I am paying for a five-star review right now. Yes, you are whoring yourself out for that review. I love it. Like, I'm ready to sell out for Pat's interference. Uh, you already have. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It, it really is true. Uh, hey, we had a good week of college football last week, though. Can we talk about it? I'd say it was it was borderline the best week so far, but I could be getting oh. ahead of myself. No, don't get ahead of yourself. You're right. Okay. You're right. Just you, making sure. You had a lot of big games. Um. I kind of want to. I kind of want to spend a good amount of, not a good amount of time, a decent amount of time on about five or six different games. Okay, and then the rest will kind of speed through. So we'll start on the Thursday night. You had SMU remaining undefeated, beating Houston 34-31. Uh, that game was on the road, so that makes it a little bit better. But Houston playing with their backup quarterback right now, and I think quite a few backups actually due to injury and some scandalous redshirt news. Uh, so not as great of a victory for SMU, but hey, they're undefeated, and they're, as of last night, the only group of five schools still undefeated. That's uh, all that matters. So all that matters, they're, man. They're going to be the college game day team this week, too, playing Memphis. We'll talk about that game in a bit. Uh, you had USC going up top against Colorado on Friday night. Slovis coming in again, man. Keaton Slovis, 406 yards. He's been playing out of his mind, and I bet if you told USC fans that Keaton Slovis was going to come in and completely dominate the Pac-12, uh, they, they would have laughed in your face. Well, and, um, and that was that was a fun game because, you know, Colorado had USC dead to rights. I yes. mean, they were, they were going to win that game. USC came all the way back. I don't remember what the uh, the deficit was, but... I think it was a 10? It might have been. Uh, is, is USC playing their way out of getting rid of uh, Helton, or is that still in the cards just later ah! than I had anticipated? There, there's a lot of football left for that USC program. I... You know, but it's funny because I mean, do they even? Ha- they don't have a conference loss yet, do they? Um, yeah, they lost to Washington. Yeah, yeah they lost. Yeah, they, I was they do say. have a conference loss, but they also beat a top ten team in Utah. I mean, they're playing Oregon next week, which we'll talk about. If they beat Oregon, yeah, I, I would say that they'll keep Helton. <laughs> yeah, if they beat Oregon, that's that's a good point. But which is just really funny. All right, we're gonna go down the list. Uh, we're gonna do these in no particular order. We're gonna kind of gloss over. Sort of the bigger teams who won big. Uh, Alabama takes down Arkansas. Mac Jones, 
threw for 235 yards. There's a lot of question marks about how he might play. But I think the big storyline here for Alabama, you know, obviously you know you're going to win that game if you're Alabama. Um, the defense looked stellar. And I, I know it's an Arkansas team. And I want to bring this up when I talk about Ohio State here in a minute. Um, but it's it's getting to a point now where any team Alabama plays in the regular season that isn't LSU and they just completely eviscerate, everyone just assumes they're a bad team. Uh, and Ohio State's kind of falling into that here. And uh, I'll talk about well, that again in a second. To Clemson, be fair, Arkansas uh, is an actual horrible team. No, Arkansas is a third-world country of they're, a football they're team. The, they're the worst SEC team I've seen in person since I've been doing this whole cover football wow. on Saturday. They're awful. In fact, I, I went so far as to say that both don't, Alabama don't. and Auburn at the time could not have had Arkansas at a better spot on their schedule. Auburn had just lost to Florida. Um, they needed to really regroup before you know going and taking on LSU. Of course, obviously, sure. they didn't get all the way there. And Bama loses Tua, and they need a lesser opponent and a bye week to really get by. Oh, here's Arkansas on the schedule. Yep. There you, <laughs> you know? go. Uh, you had Oregon beating Washington in a barn burner, 37-35. That Oregon team's up to number seven now. We'll talk about them here uh, when we talk about the upcoming week with the game against USC. You had Penn State taking down Michigan State by three touchdowns. That's to be expected. They're ranked six in the nation now. That Ohio State-Penn State game's looking like a real fun one. Minnesota stays undefeated. Uh, you had two Big 12 teams, though. Big old losses. Yep. Horned Frogs. My cousin's school. She's a junior there now. Horns up, baby. That's right. Oh, never mind. Horns down. Frogs up. 37-27. Ellinger throws for 321 yards. But, buddy, that Texas defense is just miserable. There's a lot of that team that's miserable. They're, what a disappointment Texas has been. They've been they've been a huge what disappointment. What an absolute disappointment. I know they, you know, only lost They were ranked to, ninth preseason, buddy. Yeah. And and, and and they you know, they were they were favored over LSU. Uh they were supposed to be, you know, the team that I don't know, could could potentially knock off Oklahoma. I know they played Oklahoma close and then they've had they've had a couple other close scares. I mean, they almost well, lost to Kansas a couple weeks ago. We never you and I never talked about that one, but I mean, they needed a, a game-winning field goal to, to escape Kansas. Yeah. Barely yeah, beat I, Oklahoma State. I mean, it's... I Then let's talk about Oklahoma. Let's sure. talk about this Oklahoma team that lost 48-41 to to Kansas State on the road. And I know that you're like, oh, well, they only lost by a touchdown. No, they were down by 17 at one point. And it's, it's great that they came back. That's awesome. But you cannot be down 17 to Kansas State. You can't. I'm sorry, but it, let me ask you: Is Oklahoma done? No. Mm. No. <laughs> I tweeted this the moment the game ended. Everybody was going, "Oh my gosh, you know Oklahoma's done." Oh, one more. No, they're not. They're not. They're not done. They they aren't they aren't a shoe in like they were a week ago. I, I was convinced that that one SEC team along with Ohio State, Oklahoma. And um, Clemson. Clemson were Clemson. all going to be undefeated. Get it? I thought we were going to have four undefeated playoffs. I felt like this was the year. All right, doesn't matter. Okay, so you're so what you're, so we're we're going to ultimately be weighing now is Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to be weighing, um, you know, a one loss potentially SEC team and Oregon potentially at the end of the season. If Oregon loses again, which they very well might, they're still there. I would not be. We're going to be sitting here making a case for Oklahoma in the playoffs. And the big thing about this game was 
I mean, I'm, I know you said, sure, you can't be down 17 to Kansas State. They were down more than that. They were down more than yeah. 17. They were down three scores. Well, I know that's three scores, but they were down more than 17 at one point. The fact that they came back and made it seven helped their cause immensely. If they had lost to them by, by I think they were 24 at one point, that would have been a uh, you know what Ohio State did Ohio last State year. Ohio State against Iowa or Purdue, yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that... You know, I think that's a really good point. I don't think Oklahoma is done yet, but I, I think it's going to be really tough for him to get in, buddy, because here's here's a playoff scenario that I kind of want to just right quick. I just want to I don't want to talk about it too much, but I just want to put this in your head because this is a thought that dawned on me last night uh, as I was driving home. There is a world where you could have your four playoff teams being two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. And there's not much of an argument there. It's because what it's, you can have is a Penn State who obliterates everyone they play, but maybe lose a close game to an undefeated Ohio State. And the same thing for the winner and loser of Alabama LSU. It's not far fetched. No, 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 no one loss Big Ten teams getting in over Clemson. Unless Clemson loses, that's not well, happening. Well, right. Obviously, if Clemson, you know, if Clemson loses somewhere down the road, which isn't Clemson that can out win of the rest of their games by a point, but they're still getting in if they're undefeated. Yes, hundred percent agree with you. But what I'm saying is the world of a possibility where there are two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams as your playoff is mind-boggling to me, and it's it's not out there as far as the realm of possibilities is considered because if Clemson loses one game this season they're done they're done with that, with that schedule you're done um and with the narrow uh win against UNC where let's face it if UNC takes it to overtime there's no telling what happens in that game you know like there's a lot of moving parts and pieces here but a one loss Penn State a one loss Alabama or LSU an undefeated Ohio State or a one loss Ohio State you know like there is no telling what's going to happen in this playoff picture, but that is a picture that is not that far away from reality. Yeah. You know, like it's not that far out it's, there. So I, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really fun November. <laughs> uh, it's, it's there. It's there. Um, but, but you know, Ohio, Ohio state lost by 31 to Purdue last year, and they were still very nearly in the playoffs. Uh, the big the big winner from Oklahoma losing was the SEC as a whole because it made the, the the likelihood of two of their teams getting in much more likely, be it the loser of Alabama LSU or let's say Florida wins the SEC championship, but the loser of that game might still sneak in. Um, sure, something like that, or Georgia, I guess. Um, but Florida would be more likely in that scenario. Um, so. You know, don't be surprised when we get to you know the end of the year and and Oklahoma's uh, shoot if if Ohio State loses or, or another team loses or Penn you know we might get back to the point where Oklahoma's a shoe in oh they only lost by seven on the road in a you know in a sort of a weird morning game people will yep. make that case the other thing Thank going you. in their factor is that the the committee loves money and 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 everybody wants to see Jalen Hurts in the playoff for the storylines yeah. yep you know so you're right. You're right. Uh, Let's talk. Can we can we can we talk a, a, about that game though? How much you saw a good bit of it, right? Kansas State, Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I want to. We went right into the playoff, but I, you know we need to talk about that game and what 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 went wrong with Oklahoma. You're right. You're right. Uh, so, listen, it's. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, told you so, but, I, 
I did say it to you, and Jalen Hurts looked great at the end of the game. But I, I think, and the turning point of the game, I also don't think was Jalen Hurts' fault. I want to get that out there right away. I don't the think any of this game was his fault. I don't think it was his fault per se, but I, what? hold on, just give me a second. The wide receiver pass that Oklahoma threw, they got tipped and then intercepted and taken back to the house was the turning point of the game. That, that was when everybody was like, oh, shoot, this might happen. Jalen Hurts comes out immediately. I think he goes three and out. Or maybe he gets a couple first downs and then goes, you know, and then they punt. They punted on their next possession. Kansas State went down the field and scored again and took a chunk of the clock off, too. Yeah. And I mean, Jalen looked like old Jalen to me. And I said this to you earlier in the year is I I wonder when we're going to see old Jalen, the Jalen that gets behind by, you know, a little bit, a little bit less than a comfortable lead, maybe loses his poise a little bit on some blitz packages, you know, doesn't make reads and just tries to get out of the pocket and make something happen a little bit too early. We saw that happen in this Kansas State game. For a little bit, yes, and then he to I I don't think Jay, you know that should be allowed to happen. Jalen Hurts should be allowed to have a couple bad series, not even a bad series. If he gets a couple first downs and then it kind of fizzles out, that's fine. I think the big problem here was that Oklahoma's defense was getting punched in the mouth. You know, it's right. It's he he should be allowed to do that. He cannot afford to do that with this Oklahoma team. No, he can't. He can't. Oklahoma's defense is, is, is by and large much better than they were last year. I mean, that's, that's, that's a oh, fact, but hundred percent, but there are going to be times Kansas state had a great game plan. They were punching them in the mouth and yeah, you know, Jalen hurts in the offense had trouble keeping up there for a bit. And then they, and then they didn't. And then they made it close at the end and arguably should have gotten the ball back on the onside kick. Um, no, I mean this. This game lies squarely on the defense, and you know, if we're, I, I can see this going one of two ways. The conversation that you just mentioned of, oh well, Oklahoma only lost by seven on the road to a decent Kansas State team, or it can go. Did you see that Oklahoma defense during the Kansas State game? You think that's one of the best four teams in the country? Sure, I can see it going either way. You know, but another thing I want to bring up, uh, when Kansas State went out in the in the offseason, made their hire for uh, their head coach, whose name I'm now forgetting because I'm the worst person in the world. Um, and I did not have this prepared at all. This is kind of improv. But they went out. They got the guy from North Dakota State. And I told you this is going to be the best hire of the season, period. I don't know why people didn't hop on him you know, sooner. I, I just uh, – uh, Chris Kyleman. Uh, or Kleiman, excuse me. I don't know why people didn't go out and get him sooner. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I just didn't understand how he was still available on the board. I think Kansas State got a steal, and I think they're already seeing dividends being paid out from this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that that's that's big for them. That's big for that program. But yeah, we'll only time will tell what happens to Oklahoma. But they've got they can't have another game like that. That's for sure. I don't no, think they Oklahoma can't lose. Can they have can't another... lose again. But if if we well, assume they went out and they go on to win the Big Ten. And we're sitting here looking at, all right, do we take Oklahoma or do we take the one-loss SEC team? I think if the one-loss SEC team is LSU, LSU gets the nod. But if the one-loss SEC team is Alabama, I'm not sure. I don't know about that. I think this Tua entry changes that conversation a little bit. But where's where's Bama's marquee win? I'm being I'm being I'm just asking very seriously. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a good call. That's a good call. Where is Oklahoma's marquee win? That's a, their their conference championship. That's going to be where, the argument. Where? That Who that will be play? the argument. 
Who would their conference championship be against, though? Probably uh, Texas or Baylor. You know, Baylor's going to be in the top yeah, ten. Baylor's, Baylor beat, uh, who was it? They beat Rice by three. Is that right? Undefeated, I mean, like, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally get what you're saying, but my I, I have a hard time believing that the committee would leave out a one-loss Alabama team whose one loss is LSU. I I, I think so too, but that that's gonna that's gonna be the argument on on selection Sunday. Yeah, no, but you're you're right, you're right. That is the argument, and it's a good argument. Let's move on a little bit, um, kind of get through these a little bit quicker. Clemson, don't look now. Clemson took a bye week and they're back. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I said they were sick and they just needed, you know, the anti venom or the antibiotic or whatever. They got it because they're back. Fifty nine to seven over Boston College. Trevor Lawrence almost goes for three hundred yards, two seventy five. Travis Etienne, man, this guy can run the ball. I mean, he can run the ball almost as well as Ohio State's J.K. Dobbins. My word. Let's talk about this Ohio State team right quick, who I think, in all honesty, should be the number one team in the country. They have gone out and completely eviscerated every single team that they've played. And I heard this on a SB Nation, uh, or excuse me, Banner Society shut down Fullcast earlier, that Ohio State's gotten, they called it the Bama problem and the LSU problem, or in the Clemson problem, excuse me where they're just beating every single team they play so bad that people are just assuming, oh, well, that team's not very good. Yep. This is a very good Wisconsin team that they just mauled to death. Justin Fields did not look great. They looked pretty terrible in the first quarter, as they have for the past three weeks. Ohio State's gone three weeks in a row without scoring in the first quarter. They've not scored a point in the first quarter in three weeks. And yet they are still blowing teams like Wisconsin out, who, let me remind you, is a very good football team. Yeah, and with without that loss uh, the week before, we might be looking at the, that. That loss hurt Ohio State almost more than it did Wisconsin, just from a perception agree. standpoint. But I mean, but, but it does. I mean, it doesn't. At the same time, like this Ohio State team is very, very talented. They're the most complete team. Uh, Chase Young, I think, is making a case to be invited to New York. Um, He's been awesome. He he has been an absolute terror on defense. This defense is horrifying to play. I, I mean, they are just really, really talented. And you know how little I really enjoy talking about how good Ohio State is. I very rarely enjoy doing this with Ohio State. But they've given up... Uh, they gave up no points to Cincinnati, who's actually turned out to be pretty good. They gave up seven points to Wisconsin, who is bowling over everyone they played up until the Illinois game. Uh... They beat a team by 71 points this year. Beat a pretty good Indiana team by 41 points this year. Like there's just there's not a single game on their schedule so far that looks like it was anywhere near close. This Wisconsin game, I'm pretty sure was one of the closest games they've played all season. It was. Think think about that. Uh Michigan State gave them a little bit of trouble. They only beat them by 24. But again, they beat them by 24, and I'm sitting here going, oh, well, they only beat them by 24. Like, this is a complete team. Now, counterpoint, we have said this about Ohio State for four years in a row now. Wow, they look unbeatable. They're really good. What the hell? They just lost to Iowa. They just lost to Purdue. They just lost to, you know, in 20, who was it in 2016? Michigan State, where my man just started windmilling his arm down the sideline. Like, this are down the middle of the field. This is not something that we're unfamiliar with, but at the same time, this Ohio State team looks complete and ready to go. I think their biggest concern as of this point is whether or not they've peaked too early. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we've been waiting for Ohio State to really put it all together. 
they've they've been the talent the most talented or the second most or the third most talented team in college football since they won that national championship every year. Yeah. I mean, yes. they've got the talent, they've got they they had the coaching and apparently they still have the coaching with Ryan Day. Um with with the, the exception of a couple bad performances, maybe one or two per year. I don't think they're going to have that this year. There's a reason that they're the Vegas favorite to win the national championship right now tied with Alabama and that's, you know, because they're yeah. so good. And they, they're, on paper they've looked so like the most deep. talented team. Um Yeah. You know, again, um, I think I think their biggest concern is they may have peaked too early. They're playing such good football right now. I can't imagine a world where they sustain this pace. I mean, we we say it every year in college football. The team that gets hot right around conference championship week is usually the team that's going to win it all. We will learn a lot about them when they, when they play Penn State. I mean, yes. we thought we were saying that about Wisconsin, and I still think we did. I think we learned a lot um, that that they can, you know dismantle yeah. what was one of the better defenses in college football now yes. there are where, where's the penn state game is it at penn state or is it uh give me one second i'll be able to tell you that game is uh november 23rd it is at home it's at home it in okay. the shoe yeah yeah i i mean and then you know they're in the big house this year and I, let's go ahead and talk about michigan i listen friends you've been on this podcast with us a long long time and we really appreciate you we have no idea what we're talking about most of the time. And last week, I said that Notre Dame was going to beat Michigan pretty badly. And Brick, had you been on the podcast, I bet you would have agreed with me. I would me. have agreed with you. And that did not happen at all. Here's what did happen. Shea Patterson only threw for 100 yards. And Michigan won 45-14. to 14. Notre Dame, what happened? They played, an, <laughs> they played as, as poorly as I've ever seen a they Brian Kelly-led Notre Dame team play choke slammed on every play it never looked like notre dame was going to be in this game it never looked even close like they just got obliterated i mean michigan ran for a lot of yards but really i i I couldn't tell you i mean i know ian book couldn't complete a forward pass um but he didn't throw a pick pouring down rain he threw 25 passes in the rain his QBR was a 12.6. The, the, the bigger problem was that Notre Dame couldn't run the ball. I, I you know, they just, I, I mean. But that's my point. I guess it's have... Michigan's defense, but Michigan's defense hasn't been that, I don't know. I, I, I'm i going back to your they, point that we don't really. They certainly we, didn't have such a good run defense when they played Wisconsin. We don't, we don't know anything about this uh, Michigan team, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess we don't know what we're talking about because I thought I had them figured out. I apologize, Michigan. Maybe you're good. No, let's not go that far. Maybe you're better than we thought. I don't know. (laughs) I'm done talking about that one. Hey, listen, I'm going to be really honest. Uh, I need to get my computer charger, and uh, I'm just going to hand over the reins to you for Auburn LSU because you were there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give my 30-second little spiel. Saw a lot of Auburn fans very pissed off after this game, thinking, like, oh, we should have won it. We played well enough to win it. We just didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, period. Uh, Bo Nix doesn't have it. I Honestly, Brick, I kind of feel bad for Bo Nix. A little bit. Not a lot, but I kind of feel bad for him. Because I know it's got to be frustrating for him to be like, all right, I'm a freshman. Like, this is not easy. You guys are asking me to go to Death Valley my freshman year and go and knock off number two LSU? Nah. Nah. So I feel bad for him. Defense played well enough to win it, but offense just isn't there. Tell me what your thoughts were. I'm going to be gone 15 seconds tops. Are you still going to be hearing me? 
No, not at all. But I just trust that you're not going to say anything weird. No, I'm going to go in. Yeah, go in. Go in. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take my phone with me so I can't hear you. All right, But good. I just can't talk, so go. That's fine. If you had told Auburn fans preseason that they'd be sitting here, they'd have a, they'd have two losses at this point of the year, uh, they they would have been a top 10 team throughout most of the year until basically this week, I think they would have taken it, really. You know, with that schedule, facing Oregon, facing LSU on the road, facing Florida on the road, uh, at, L, at Texas A&M, you know, and what we thought they would be, they would have taken that every day of the week. But... Something about these two losses and something about the way they played against LSU in Florida has, has raised a ton of alarm. Um, you mentioned Bo Nix. He has not been comfortable in those two games. He looks great against Arkansas. He looks great against Ole Miss or Mississippi State. But he gets into these big situations. And I put, I put more of that blame on, squarely on Gus Malzahn. He, he, he has no idea... He has, he has no clue how to pass the ball in 2019 in college football, right? What worked for him in 2010 with Cam Newton does not work in 2019. And he also doesn't have Cam Newton. So it just, he, he's the most stubborn head coach I, I think I can think of, right? Yes. He, 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 can, he cannot adjust in game. He cannot play to, to, his, to his players' strengths. He hasn't done that since Nick Marshall. It, it's it, yeah, it's I mean. It, it, people always talk about how much of an offensive genius Gus Malzahn is. I don't see it because the one time that everybody was all over how brilliant he was, he had a generational college football quarterback. And he, his entire he, made, he made a lot of really good things happen in 2014 when they, when the 2013, 2014, when he went to the uh, national championship and, and, and lost. To, but he was, he was a gimmick coach then, right? But it now was, he's but, in his. But that's what I'm saying is it wasn't a real good college football, line them up, call a good play, knock them down offense. It, it's never been that. It's been, look at this flashy, oh, we're coming out of the huddle really quick. We're running up to the line. Here we go. Snap it. And then that's, it's not a, hey, we're going to draw up this play and we're going to have a running back run a wheel route when our, you know, slot receiver makes a slant. It's none of that. It's no, always we were, we were calling. Garbage. We were calling the plays from the press box. We knew exactly what is going to run in what situation. Oh, another third and long because you've, you know, Showed your hand on first and second down already? Well, okay, third long. All right, we're going to try a little screen to Anthony Schwartz. Oh, Bo Nix is already under pressure uh, because they knew it was coming? Okay, well, now that's – it's just – It's done, yep. It's, it's you know, he Gus Malzahn – Auburn's in that same purgatory they were last year. It hasn't been bad enough to fire him, but you you can't want to keep him. His buyout's insane because they gave him a stupid contract extension after he beat Alabama and Georgia two years ago. They can't really afford to just cut bait with them unless they're completely committing to tearing it all down. But they've yeah. got too much talent to tear it all down. And here's what you're looking at. You know, Bo Nix is the best freshman quarterback you've had on your campus talent from a talent standpoint in many years. Um, but you've got a head coach that will never understand how to utilize him. Never. 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 And you're gonna you're you're gonna have to you know you've already had Joey Gatewood he he transferred this week or left the team and now he's in the portal, um, their backup who many fans wanted to come in and play more and apparently was promised he would have played more they they told him he'd be getting about fifteen to twenty snaps per game he got one against LSU and one against Florida, and he's played in mop up duty he has not had a role on the team other than the mop up duty and and the occasional third and short so 
Gus Malzahn will never understand how to use Bo Nix. So, what, do you, you keep throwing him out there with Bo Nix and, and hope... Because Auburn's going to be much worse next year. Their defense genuinely, genuinely is a top three defense in the country. Yes. Derek Brown is an absolute monster. Marlon Davidson, if it's not Derek Brown, it's Marlon Davidson or KJ Britt. They've got all these guys. They've got a good secondary, um, but their front seven's just the best in the SEC. Um up there with Florida is the best defense in the SEC. Florida's got a better secondary, getting off yes. topic. But they're wasting a championship-caliber defense with an offense that can't find its way out of a paper bag. And um, With an offensive coordinator who, like you said, I like the word that you use, you use that word stubborn, who is too stubborn to learn and to adapt. He won't do it. He thinks, oh, well, if, if this guy's not going to run my offense the way I want it run, then that's on him. No, dude. That's fine in the pros. That's fine if you're an NFL coach. Because people will back you, especially if you're a winning NFL coach. People will back you. In college, you have to adapt. Look at LSU. Let's, let's flip this. What did LSU do this year that has made them gods? It, they finally lined up in a spread offense, ran the read option, and did what everybody's been doing for three years now. And guess what? Here we are. Even you've adapted. Remember four years ago on this yeah. podcast, you hated all well, that. You haven't been complaining about it this year. Okay, well now, thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. I'm going to absolutely ruin that here in a couple of minutes when I talk about the game I was at last night. But, but go on. I like where you're headed. I, I, know you still like, I know you still like teams that line it up and run the ball, but I don't think you'd wish that Alabama would go back to that offense at this point. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Nope. I think you'd agree. I think at this point you'd be because a couple of years ago when Len Kiffin was there, you 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 wish they would switch to the triple option. But I, I really wish we could have had Lane Kiffin with Tua. Oh, that would have been awesome. I, at least you if, know, like, am, am I wrong there though? Like, that's that's that was my point with all that Lane Kiffin stuff. Like, I don't like this type of offense, but this is the type of offense that college football is now. It right? Is. That's what wins. And and Gus Malzahn's trying to run it. I mean, he he. He's out of the shotgun 95% of the time, but it's I, – I understand why, even after being a top-10 team for a majority of the season, why Auburn fans still want Gus Malzahn gone. And it'll the, the cries will be a lot louder after they play uh, Alabama and Georgia, you know. And I actually think Auburn has a, will have a shot to – Auburn's defense will give them a shot to win every game they're in. They really will. They'll Auburn Auburn will have a, a very very good shot to beat Georgia and they'll they'll have a very good shot to beat Alabama. Yeah, I think they'll have a decent shot to beat Alabama, especially depending on how Tua progresses with his injury. You know, if they lose both of those games or if either of those are blowouts, it's going to be hard to to talk yourself into keeping Miles on, but they probably are going to have to regardless. Uh, yeah, they're going to go full Clay Helton. That's okay, that's the situation they're in. It's there's there's skies not falling, but it's definitely know, not sunny. They don't have a real offensive coordinator. They have a, a a puppet offensive coordinator, and Gus Malzahn's calling the plays. Two weeks ago, all the talk was, "Oh, now Gus is calling the plays again," and you know he's so much happier this year, and he's having fun. And then they get you know destroyed by Florida, and now that's yep. all over. Now, now, yep. now he's lost control of the program again. So, we'll see. I'll be there this week uh, to see them take on, you know, Ole Miss. It can get really ugly if Ole Miss is a sloppy game. Yep, uh, they'll win. Other... They'll win regardless. But if 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 they look sloppy and sluggish and disinterested, like I think a lot, the the defense is going to be losing a lot of their 
motivation. So. The other news and notes that I want to hit from around the league, uh, we've got probably one of the dumbest and funniest college football finishes I've ever seen in Kansas, Texas Tech. Kansas lined up for a game-winning field goal. It was blocked. Texas Tech decided that they were going to try and lateral with the game tied. I don't know why you would do that. He fumbled. Kansas recovered, got to line up and kick another game-winning field goal, and made that one. 37-34 is your final. I did not see any of that. Thank you for telling really? me about it. Please go watch it because it is incredible. Uh, Duke at North Carolina, another very stupid game. Duke is driving down the field about to line up to kick the game-tying field goal. Try that little Tebow halfback jump pass, okay? Halfback just basketball passes it directly into the waiting hands of a North Carolina defensive lineman. <laughs> UNC wins 20-17. to 17. South Carolina just got completely ruined by Tennessee, and I'll never understand how this happened. I didn't um, watch the game. I don't want to watch highlights. But Jawan Jennings had 174 yards receiving, so something bad happened. Hey, I mean, he's a good receiver. He's a great receiver, but not 174 yards against a South Carolina defense that beat Georgia and gave Alabama fits. And very nearly beat Florida. Nobody understands, really nobody understands the South Carolina team. Tennessee is getting, they're, 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 they've been improving slowly over the, you know, since their, you know, disaster loss to Georgia State uh, and disaster loss to BYU and then Florida they got. And then since that, you know, I think beating yep. Mississippi State was huge for them. Um, they actually looked decently respectable, obviously, against Alabama for a lot of that game. And then I think they're gaining a lot of momentum. And, you know, we could see them rattling off four straight wins to end the year. That's, that's, we could see them rattling off enough wins here at the end of the year to make a bowl game. Yep. They, they got UAB, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt, which are, I don't expect them to win all four. They only need th to win three to make a bowl, but we could see it. That'd be big for yeah. them. Hey, buddy, right quick, I'm going to need you to cue up a little bit of uh, Sweetheart music. Just a little bit, right quick, for yeah. like five seconds. Okay, give me, a, give me a quick second. Yeah, no, it's fine. Right. The, the, the reason I'm doing this is because, go ahead, start it. We're only two weeks away from the Sweetheart Bowl, baby. Oh, God, I thought we were canceling that. <laughs> It'll cut out here in a second. <laughs> That. I thought we I thought we canceled it. No, we just said we we're gonna do one episode before the Sweetheart Bowl, and then we we're gonna do a live podcast during the Sweetheart Bowl, and that was gonna be that. Okay, well maybe maybe that's what we're doing. That is no, I'm telling you, that is what we're doing. We can't kill the Sweetheart Bowl completely, brother. We can't do it. <laughs> we can. It's our podcast. Hey, listen. You know what? I don't want to hear this shit right now because the two teams I wanted for the Sweetheart Bowl are a combined 13 and 2 right game. now. Not a game. Not a game. What was that? Are, are, are the two teams I wanted for the Sweetheart Bowl are 13 and 2 right now, and you decided to go with Buffalo and Kent State, so this is on you. It's on you, baby. This is on you. This is on you. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Sweet bar, sweethearts. Let's go to, let's go to this week. Yeah, let's go to this week. I'm gonna. Can I go off for about two minutes? Two minutes. I yeah, went, I can give you two. I went to one of the most beautifully dumb football games I've ever been to in my life last night. Traveled on down uh, with my good friend and groomsman John Teich. We went to Boone, North Carolina, to watch the heated rivalry game between Georgia Southern and App State. Georgia Southern did not score in the fourth quarter. 
124 to 21. I'm just going to read off, like, it's just going to be a series of stats to just tell you how dumb this night was. Well, first off, let's start with this. It started snowing right after halftime. Uh, the wind was pushing at about 35 miles an hour. It snowed. It rained. Most of the students were dressed up for Halloween. It was muddy. Uh, Georgia Southern completed one pass, and it took the ball about five minutes to get to its intended target for about 16 yards, I think. Uh, and then you complimented me for loving, not loving, for tolerating this spread RPO offense. Uh, I fell back in love with the triple option last night, my friend. Of course. I really wanted App State to win this one. I really, really did. I think it's really cool that a, a team in state uh, could have been in a New Year's Six Bowl. Still could be, technically. Um, but, oh, man. Oh, Georgia Southern. Oh, gosh. Let me just read you. Okay. One, two, three players went for over 60 yards. They had four players for over 30 yards. Uh, they had two players who had runs of 55-plus uh, yards. Um, three rushing touchdowns. Their quarterback, uh, Shy Wirtz, you may remember him as the kid who got uh, some substance on his car, tested positive for cocaine, and it was bird poop. Yeah. That's this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His QBR was 66. He threw four passes. Like I said, one of them was complete. And, oh, you remember that time I said it was 14 yards? Yeah, it was way off. It was a four-yard pass. He threw the ball four yards, and that was it, and they ran it down their throats for the rest of the night. I saw a kicker from Georgia Southern. I'm not even going to look up his – I'm not even going to look up his name. I have uh, – nope, you're right. Yep, right here. Tyler Bass. He had a 49-yard field goal with a 20-mile-an-hour wind coming towards his face, and he had at least another 10 yards on it, and then he missed a 24-yard field goal. I love it. Other side of the ball, Chandler Staten missed a, uh, I believe it was a 30-yard field goal that would have tied the game. Now, obviously, it was it was early in the third, or it was late in the third quarter, so really you can't be like, oh, it's his fault. But it's kind of his fault, you know, like. This was a very dumb game. App State was down 17 with 10 minutes left and lost by three and had the ball twice in the last five minutes. Like, this was an unbelievable game. Uh, I'm very glad I went. Thank you to John Tysho. I know we'll listen to this episode uh, tonight. Thank you for going with me, buddy. Um, It was wonderful. It was very stupid. And I fell back in love with running the ball down people's throats as much as you possibly can. That's so sweet. Thank you, John, for giving him that experience. And also, thank you for uh, being so sweet to me. It was, it was so magical. Wedding. Yeah. And in the meantime, at the same time, uh, West Virginia lost to some other school that we don't recognize as an institution who's still undefeated in the Big 12, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, but Let's that move on to next a, week. That coach is a superstar in the making. Uh, you got Florida, Georgia this week, buddy. Who you got? Florida, Georgia. I, I'm having a hard time. I, I don't know what the line is. I feel like Georgia's been waiting for this one. I feel like they, they they're they're going to come out. I mean, both teams are obviously going to be motivated, but I think Georgia's got much more talent. I think that talent's finally going to be motivated for a game to kind of clear their name. You know. Uh, yeah, Georgia's a six and a half point favorite. By the way, are they? I, I would I would take Georgia. I, I I would take Georgia by a touchdown, maybe ten. Okay. Uh, yeah, over-under is 45. Um, I, I, depends on which Jake Fromm we see. I'm going to go with the under on that, though. I'm going to go with the under. Oh, I'm going with the under big, and I'm going to go with Florida as a 
21-18 victory. Gotcha, gotcha. Is Florida a, a, a bona fide playoff contender in your mind? Can they go to Atlanta? No, I don't think either of these teams are a bona fide playoff contender. <sighs> That's tough, man. I, sorry, I think they that, both are. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. That sounds bad. Do I think that they can make the playoffs? Yes. Do I think that they can beat realistically do i think they're going to beat the winner of the sec west no no i don't no i don't i see certain things on both of these teams i mean we obviously know that georgia can get themselves up to go toe-to-toe with alabama and i think they would would and could do that again and i've seen i'm not sure if they do it again this year but they look bad rick and they've looked good in other games and it's still a lot of football left to be played yeah, there's there's a lot of football left to be played. I don't know. I'm taking Florida here by three with not a ton of confidence. I won't be upset. And now you know what this means is Georgia's going to come out and win by 17, and everybody's going to be like, oh, Patrick's an idiot. Yeah, but, but they'll say that I'm smart. Yeah, well, and they always but do. But if Florida wins, I'll be the idiot. Yeah, so there we go. I, I'm going to take Florida by three. You're taking Georgia by 10. I said more like seven-ish. Like a touchdown. Less than 10, Florida's but more than three. Back to the X factor in this game. They're, yeah, they got they got some good DBs. They always have good DBs in in the swamp. Good DBs. Oh, this good one's DBs. in Jacksonville though. Yeah, That's right. this is yeah, this is the the this cocktail is, party. This is that one. Other games around the country. You've got game day at SMU Memphis. Uh, could have been your sweetheart, but you decided not to pick Memphis because you don't like having fun. Uh, SMU fifteenth in the country with App State losing. They are the last Group of Five undefeated team. Uh, Brick, are, is SMU for real? Oh, for sure. I think that they could sneak their way into the playoff. <laughs> I have I, I don't know anything about this SMU team other than the fact that they're ranked like what sixteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn a lot about them this weekend. That's for sure. Fifteen now is a ranked yeah, matchup. SMU Memphis. Not a, not a ton of good games this week uh, outside of Georgia, Florida. But you've got a bunch of interesting matchups. I'm excited to watch uh, Clemson. Wap. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm excited to watch Utah and Washington. Um, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot. This game's in Seattle. We're gonna learn a lot about this Utah team. Uh, Utah and Oregon still top ten teams. Don't look now. Um, I don't think a one loss Pac-12 champion gets into the playoff, but you never know what could happen. Uh, you never know who's gonna lose in front of them uh, and how they're gonna lose. But we're gonna learn a lot about this Utah team. It won't be Pac-12 after dark, which is a bummer. It's playing at four o'clock. But your Pac-12 after dark does feature. Uh, Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. We've got Pat 12 After Dark with Oregon at USC at 8 o'clock on Fox. Yep. And then you have a midnight kickoff, Fresno State at Hawaii. That's one that will, I guarantee you and I will both be up watching that game to its completion. Uh, yeah, all four overtimes it goes to, too. I oh, can't wait. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, are there any other games you really want to, you've got Miami at Florida State this week. You want to talk about that? Not particularly. Um, I don't either. Miami I can't, can't decide on a quarterback. Martell. Florida State can't decide on a quarterback. And it's, it's leading Miami to victory this weekend. Shocking to me that this is a the um the the early afternoon game on ABC. Really is. Troy plays Coastal. Uh, does Notre Dame regroup enough to beat Virginia Tech? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just going down the list here. Um. That Georgia or that Virginia Tech team. Now, granted, they put in a new quarterback, and they're actually pretty good with him. But do Bill oh, Clark's but, UAB Blazers have a have a chance against Tennessee? Uh, Blazers by fifty at least. <laughs> oh boy, I'm excited. I, I really for that do one. think they have a chance. I really do think they have a chance. Um, but I I I'm not 
bold enough to say that they're going to win the game. Yeah, I will that's kind of what we're having to say. My upset watch for the week, I want you to pick an upset watch or an upset warning. My upset watch for the week is going to be, uh, oh, I just had it and I lost it. Oh, it's going to be Utah. I think Washington could sneak up and beat Utah. That still doesn't feel like an upset in my – I know it's supposed to be because Washington at this point is unranked, you know? That'd be beating, I, that would be an unbeaten beating a top-10 team. I'm, I'm telling you. It, I, I get you. I, I understand. I mean, we've got a top-10 against an unranked. And still in my mind when I hear Utah beating Washington, or the other way around, I mean, Washington beating Utah, it doesn't register as upset to me. I know I'm wrong technically. It's just like it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that would I, technically be an upset. Another good matchup we're going to see this weekend is Virginia at North Carolina, uh, the battle for the Coastal. What happened to Washington? I blink and they have three losses and they're unranked? What What the hell? They they dropped uh, 24 spots from the preseason A people. Jeez. 24 spots. <laughs> Poor guys, man. It's, it's a brutal day to be a Husky. Um, are there any other games we want to talk about? My, my, watch, is, my watch is UAB Tennessee and my warning is, is USC Oregon. Oh, you've got yeah, I could see that. I like oh, I like that. Oh, I like that pick. It's a night game. It's in it's in uh it's it's in USC. It's in LA. Let me tell you how much I like that pick. I like that pick so much. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. It's a good pick. Hey, uh that'll do it, right? That's it. Cuz I got to get back to work. I'm doing this on my lunch break. So. Yeah, I've got to actually go to work. You're so. posting this though, right? Mm, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate you listening. Hey, I was doing a thing all year. You can go back and listen for it because I kind of, I kind of got for it, the chorus. But I tricked you guys, and the first word of the outro every week was the chorus. I'm never gonna give you up by Rick. So, yeah, you got Rick rolled. I hope that was fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Started playing Couldn't you out too early. Here we go. No, you did it. You did great. I was, I was actually about to wrap up. I was gonna try and like, I was hoping you're gonna count me down. All right. Thanks. We really, really love you guys. Couldn't do this without you. We always wanted to do this. Rick, you're my best friend in the whole world, and I'm going to be a piece of buddy. What's better than this? Guys being dudes.